Assume they had clean energy, little to no enemies Very honest leaders with overwhelming sympathies Religion's kinda complex, kinda hard to figure out But this must be the temple, this white house Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. As always, I am your host, Dave Hallahan. And first things first, that was a different intro music. I'm going to talk about why we started with that in a second. But I wanted to just say to everyone who has reached out since the personal update, who has sent encouragement so that they're praying for me, thinking about me, uh, just checking up on me, I appreciate it so much. Uh, Things have been going a lot better for me, for my family. Uh, I feel like we've got some good practices in place and we are headed in a right direction so i just thank you all so much for uh, the support not just of the podcast but for me personally as well now today's episode we are tackling the question of is america a christian nation and does it even matter and i have a friend of mine brian saunders who i can call him a friend now but he once was an enemy no i'm just kidding he was never an enemy of mine but He was actually one of my Sunday school teachers growing up, and uh, so I was close in age with his boys. Brian and I have developed a relationship of mutual respect, and so we're going to tackle this question together. I think we see things differently. I respect where he's coming from and trust his heart in all of this. In the show notes, there are a bunch of different books and articles listed, some that I have provided to kind of help you see where I have come to my point of view, others that Brian asked me to put on there so that you could see how he ended up coming to his point of view and some of the things that have informed him. So those are there, but I still have not addressed the intro music. That intro music is actually one of my favorite songs from my favorite rapper, Lupe Fiasco. The song is called Unforgivable Youth, and I love what he does in the song. He takes three verses and kind of takes a different section of American history or American future for the last verse and in a very prophetic way calls out the idolatry and the hypocrisy that is often found in the way that people and maybe especially Christians idolize America and its government over and against its shortcomings. I just think it's a very well done song. It has a prophetic message, not like in future telling, but prophetic in calling out the sins of a nation, kind of prophetic. So it has a prophetic tone. Lupe Fiasco is not a Christian. He's a Muslim. I think his voice here is certainly a prophetic one. So at the end of the podcast, I'm just going to let you listen to the whole song. And that way, if you don't like it or don't like rap and you're just not going to listen to it, you don't have to. Last week or the week prior, we had President Donald Trump quoting a conservative radio host from Israel saying that he is the second coming of God. And then in a press conference, he referred to himself as the chosen one. And as a president who his largest base has been an evangelical base, this these comments should be especially disturbing. And this idea of America as a Christian nation or not is an important one to wrestle with. And so I'm thankful for the tone that this conversation took with Brian. You may not be happy because you thought I should have pushed back more, or maybe you think I should have given Brian less pushback or whatever. That wasn't really the point. I would say if you want to go back and listen to episode 13, my conversation with Mark Charles on a white supremacist history of America, that can kind of serve as a counterbalance to this one. And I'll also say that this was a conversation that 
was like an hour and a half long and I cut down to 40 minutes. But if you want to check out the full version, you can at patreon.com slash thinking out loud pod. Again, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash thinking out loud pod. But enough of this prefacing the conversation. Here is my conversation with Brian Saunders. Well, I'm glad to, to have you here. Um, we're, the topic of conversation for today is the question, is America a Christian nation? And we're going to jump into that. Uh, but before, if you want to just give a little background as to who you are, why I might have chosen you <laughs> to have this conversation with, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay. Well, uh, I've been a middle school social studies teacher for over 30 years. And um, over the years, you know, especially with the advent of social media, um, every once in a while, Dave <laughs> will post something, I may comment. Uh, sometimes uh, we uh, message each other. And I think through those conversations and our relationship going back, um, knowing each other, I think that's probably been the impetus to yeah. have me come on, just have a conversation about, you know, I love history. I, I love uh, U.S. history. Um, I love uh, Jesus, and I love the history of the church, uh, uh, you know, the, through the Bible. So, you know, just like talking about those things is fun. I mean, yeah. even before we went on <laughs> recording, we yeah. were, I think we're, I was really enjoying our conversation um, yeah. and learning the history of this church. Yep. Yeah. And th- yes, that is, we've kind of had this conversation in small dosage mm-hmm. here and there on, yeah. on Facebook and uh, whether that be in a comment section or uh, through direct message or whatever. And like Brian said, you know, there is a history between the two of us. So I think I'll, I'll speak for me, but I think I speak for both of us when uh, even where we disagree, I think we trust one another's mm-hmm. hearts. And so uh, there's nothing, I'm not skeptical of Brian or uh, <laughs> where he's coming from, even in areas that we disagree. Uh, we just are seeing things differently, but yeah. I certainly, I trust and I respect uh, your your spirit and your heart for God and uh, for truth. And so I thought, you know, why don't we take this to uh, to the airwaves here? One of the things that you, I really appreciated, and, and it's funny because a lot of the things that we said before we started recording and um, our prayer time, your prayer was the same prayer I had on my heart and I've been praying. And, and then, uh, but in the message you said, was like kind of defining terms complete when you first invited me i was like we need to define terms <laughs> yeah and we might find that we actually are agreeing right right 99.9 percent of the time once we define those terms i think that's a big problem in america today is we're saying the same words but they have different meaning yeah and people need to say well what do you mean right by this define that term oh okay now i understand you yeah so i think that was when you sent that like that was like one of the first things you said i'm like yeah yeah you got to define terms yeah and i think that is important you know i think terms and labels they Mm -hmm. have their use and uh they can shortcut conversations and that can be a good thing but that can also be a bad thing Uh, even you know now the the term evangelical is kind of under fire and like what do you mean Mm because evangelical is loaded term now right. 
and it may mean something to you, the hearer, that is different than what I'm saying about myself. Right. Um, the terms liberal, conservative, progressive, right. Republican, Democrat. Libertarian. Libertarian. Even. Like, those yeah. are loaded terms that if you identify that way, you might be saying something different about yourself than what I'm hearing you right. say. Right, exactly. So we do need to parse through. And so when we talk about a Christian nation, mm-hmm. we might be saying the same thing. We might be saying something different. Right. And we do need to... Uh, define those terms but i think uh first why are we talking about this um clearly it's something we are both passionate about and interested in Mm -hmm. uh, but just because we like to argue over facebook doesn't mean it's worthy of a conversation there Mm -hmm. people argue about things on facebook that no one really needs to know about um but i do think that this conversation uh is america a christian nation that it has some importance to it um, but why, it, why is this important to you? Why is this a conversation that needs to be had or is it, and yeah. we could just pack up and yeah. go to lunch? Well, you know what? I mean, I, that, that's a great question because it, it makes me think of so many things. I think the bottom line, and this may not directly answer your question. Of course, in our conversation earlier, you saw me kind of go way out and bring it back. <laughs> but, um, the bottom line of really, I would love to see a Christian world, right. um, and uh, because I do believe in the basics of the Christian faith, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through him. So when, you know, if you're walking by a building and, some, and, and there's a fire going on in the building and person's trapped, you're going to do everything you can to rescue their life. And so I do believe that um, there is a heaven and hell. I do believe there's evil in the world. There's you know, Satan's real. So it's important to me uh, in in the sense that America is a Christian nation. In that sense, in 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 the bottom line is, I want I want Ethiopia to be Christian. I want <laughs> right, I want right. France. I want believers who are indwelling or who are dwelling in a in a bordered, boundaryed area known as a nation state to be saved. I want them to be saved because of et- eternity. On the short term, while we're on this side of eternity, while we're living on earth and, and walking, um, walking and talking with other people, um, Jesus talks about the abundant life. And I believe, really, you know, there's a lot of anxiety going on in the world. People f- facing depression, p- people facing um, all sorts of stresses. And I, I really believe the abundant life is really going to be realized through, again, Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. So with that being said, we're in a democratic republic. And again, I believe um, that that was something that was established by God. The Bible talks about all governing authorities are established by, by God. And I, I don't think that's an accident. I, I believe that's a divine thing. And uh, so as a, as a believer, I would love to see what I think is going to lead people to the abundant life. Mm. And that's through living biblical principles. So... Um, that's going to influence my business dealings, how I pay my taxes. That's going to influence how I treat the person who cuts me off in the street. And it's also how it's going to influence me and my voting. Right. As And all the institutions. Yeah. yeah. Is that good? That is great. Uh, and I think a lot of those sentiments I would uh, echo, I would agree with. Um, where my head went when I th- asked myself, why are we talking about this? Um, or why should we be? I do think uh, how we view our nation 
matters and how we view our nation's past, how we view its present, and how we view its current trajectory all matter yes. and all influence how we respond to many of the things that you said, to our education system, to the institution of marriage, and to fighting for and preserving life. Like mm-hmm. what we say about our, and even our foreign relations, like how we vote, like all of these things, I think, are wrapped up in a story, in a narrative that we tell ourselves. And I don't, when I, I don't mean to imply that we're telling ourselves a false story mm-hmm. necessarily, okay. but whether true or not, like the story we tell ourselves about how we got to where we are will influence where we go. Absolutely. And so it matters to me how we answer that question is america a christian nation or was it but it's not anymore or will we ever be could it ever be like those questions matter because i think it matters to how we perceive perceive ourselves influences how we will act going forward yeah and even to you know donald trump ran on this idea of make america great again Mm -hmm. which i think was uh intentionally and perhaps perfectly vague because it could mean whatever you mm-hmm. want it to mean. Yeah, um, that's true. But I think it also, point. it talks about our history, right? It says we were this, let's get back there. So we can, we don't have to parse through his politics yeah, right, or whatever. Right, absolutely. But that idea, I think, transfers to this conversation, mm-hmm. that the way we view ourselves, right? What Donald Trump was saying was the way we view ourselves the way we were needs to be more of how we are going forward. Yeah. And so I think when we say, is America a Christian nation? Our answer to that will determine yeah. how do we go forward? Right. Right. Within our history, there are good things and there are bad things. Right. And that's true of world history. And that's true of the individual Christians life. Are there things, for instance, Dave, that, in your life as a Christian, that you, in your walk, you regret. Absolutely. Me too. Yes. And history, the great thing, again, I love being a historian because uh, you look at those things and you say, how can I make them? How can I improve? And I think that's um, a major component. If you think of a, uh, Christianity as a fabric, it's a major thread or you know, several threads that we are always looking at Jesus as our cornerstone, right? We're measuring from him and how we fail and we're broken over that failure like David and repent. That's what he wants to see us and then raise us up to be better, you know, more uh, conformed into the image of Christ. And I see that, I see that through more so than any other nation on the earth happening here in America. Yeah. So is America a Christian nation? What is your answer to that, to that question? <laughs> okay. Well, again, I, I, I think I could answer that several ways. But one is, you know, if you take statistics, just numbers, apparently about 75% uh, of Americans identify as a Christian. So you could simply say, yeah, we're a Christian nation because we're populated by Christians. Right. Um, then uh, I would say we're in a post-Christian society because if we go back to... Uh, the the wherever you want to start 1607 1620 um, with uh, England come we go back to the Spanish and the French coming but we see Christianity um, being uh, just 
without a blink of an eye, just saturating in it and indwelling the actions and uh, motivations and and then the, the, the early foundational institutions of the nation. Where we are today is not that. I think we have in America, because of Christian influence on Western civilization especially, and on the world, I, I think there's a lot of good that people are trying to do because they know it's good. And again, to, to bring up a... Um, What's the author of uh, Wild at Heart? But uh, Eldridge. El- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wrote a book called Epic. You know, and and the ideas. I think that's the way the humans are. Humans are wired by God. That we um, there is a, a move. That's why you know every civilization has laws against murder or things like that. So there there is a there's something in us as a species, but. In America and in Western civilization, because of the church, I think even people who might consider themselves atheists are going to have moral views of things that they don't even realize are influenced by Christianity. Right. Um, so I guess that that answer leads me to this question: what a what would a what do we mean by Christian nation? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian often is nowadays is an adjective right to describe yeah. christian nation the, mm-hmm. christian is an adjective in that mm-hmm. sentence uh christian music mm-hmm. a christian movie yeah. a christian book mm-hmm. but traditionally christian is a noun that i am a yeah. christian right um so when christian becomes an adjective what exactly are we talking yeah. about there yeah i think it gets ambiguous yeah at best um what makes a movie a Christian movie? Mm-hmm. Like this movie has not accepted that Jesus Christ died yeah. for its sins and right. resurrected, and now this movie can walk in newness of life. Yeah, like yeah, that—that yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. not what has happened. Yeah, yeah. So what are we talking about? Well, and again, so what are we yeah. talking about with a Christian nation? Well, and I think I think it's those institutions, and I think what they're saying there is when something's a, a Christian song, it's espousing definitely biblical values, you know, without hiding, um, without being misunderstood. Uh, Christians, what's a Christian nation is, I think, again, as we as believers live out in the marketplace, that we're out in the world, that we um, are Christ to the world. And as we hopefully, through that amazing intersection of our being Christ's ambassadors and his epistle and the Holy Spirit, people will be drawn to Christ and be saved. And and you have, you know, like what happens in Second Chronicles 7.14, that the nation would be healed in that sense, in a spiritual sense. So now we start looking at things through a Christian worldview. And I'm not saying capitalism is Christian and socialism is not. We think about it this way, I guess. Um, The Bill of Rights, I'll make a connection here. The Bill of (laughs) Rights is created to protect the citizen from government. A lot of times we misunderstand that in recent generations where it's often the First Amendment with freedom of religion isn't that the government is to be free from religion, but we're to be free from the government imposing that's where the founders came from. You know, Germany's Lutheran, France is Catholic, England's Anglican. They wanted to get away from that. And so 
my my point is a, a a Christian nation, one that's awakened, like in the Great Awakenings and revived, is one that uh, when the president says a prayer or a mayor says a prayer or um, someone who is in uh, the the um, supermarket or wherever they live, they're not going to be um, attacked by because that they espouse that faith right you know it's going to be something that is just like breathing in breathing out i guess that's a long-winded answer to try to get the whole scope of the idea that a christian nation is one that is kind of saturated with believers okay in all the institutions and everything Uh, so okay so and that's kind of what the next thing i wanted to parse through was are we talking about the populace the the individuals that make up a nation or are we talking about institutions, institutions that, or even institutionalized Christianity, mm-hmm. um, laws that right, are passed right. because they are biblical or because they represent Christian values? Right. Or are we, because as you were talking towards the end there, you got to institutions, but I was thinking, do we need government? Do we mm-hmm. need a nation, like the powers that make up a nation? Do we need that? to be Christian, to have a Christian nation. Because it right. sounds like a lot of what you're talking about is just is individuals, the right. influence of the church on right. a nation, not necessarily right. the, it co- not coming top down, but bottom up. Absolutely. I mean, that's my view. For instance, I, uh, one of the thoughts when I was thinking about this was to ask you a question. Yeah. And this one's a tough question. I'm ready. And I, of course, you're able to edit. <laughs> you're able to edit this so, that, so you can... Because well, however much I struggle with it, everyone else is going to hear me give a perfect answer right away. Well, and, and you know, because we'll be judged by this, yes. you know, but like in your view, I'm, let me look at my, the way I worded the question so I get that right here. While God only knows the individual's heart, what in your opinion would be the outward signs that an individual is a Christian? Right. Yeah. And I think there are touch on at the beginning of that question. Only God knows Absolutely, the truth and the individual's hearts. Um, I think there are, as I get to my answer, maybe this is this is filibustering. Right no, here. it's good. Uh, it, you have to think about it. There are certainly people who are not Christian, either know nothing about Christ or want to know nothing about Christ, who look Christian because of the answer I'm about to give. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I, You're right. I agree. I think that in a broad sense, you have Jesus who says that, uh, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. That Paul boils that down to love your neighbor. That he says, this is the commandment that we have been given, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think that is what a Christian looks like. Mm-hmm. Someone who loves their neighbor. Uh, Matthew 25, Jesus talks about how he will separate the sheep from mm-hmm. uh, the goats, and that those on his left will be asked will be told that when I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was naked, you did not clothe right. me. When I was in prison, you did not come and visit me. And they'll say, when when did that happen? Yeah, right, Lord, right, like, right. we would have come. We just didn't know. And those are some outward signs you described right there. Exactly. And right. Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Yeah. And so a Christian outwardly is someone who is doing those things for the least of these. And not just for, Jesus does say, um, 
by this they will know that you are my followers, that you love one another. So there's right, something. Yeah, but who's that? Yes. So there's something yeah. that is the church. Yes. I think Jesus okay. is talking about love one another. That as disciples of of mine, you will love one another. But there's also this idea of the least of these, which I don't think excludes those who do Absolutely. not believe. Absolutely, totally. Um, true religion is this: that you uh, care for the orphans and the widows, and so right. are. Those to me are outward signs right. of of Christians, right. and I don't know. You asked the question, so I don't know if you have a follow up to that. But my thought then is, as a Christian nation, a Christian nation does that. Yeah, a Christian nation cares for the least of these. Right. That protects the least of these. That clothes those who cannot mm-hmm. clothe themselves. Feeds those who cannot right. feeds themselves. Ministers to those who are in prison. Not shuts them away and forgets about them, welcomes in the stranger, cares for the orphan and the widow. To me, if, if, if a Christian nation is possible, those things are what make a nation Christian. Right. So I could go in a couple of different directions, (laughs) but I do have a follow up question. The, uh, can a non-believer, uh, even let's say an atheist, Mm -hmm. right. Um, exhibit those same qualities. Yes. Okay. So, you have two people walking down the street that exhibit those qualities. You can't tell which one's a Christian, right? So one of the, the essence of the question is, what's the, what are the outward signs of a Christian? And only God knows the heart. As, uh, and I think this is a common thing that a lot of um, people within the church, it's a churchy thing, I'm going to say, but it's, it's really true. Christianity to a born-again believer, to, to, to you and I, Dave, I think is it's a relationship. Mm-hmm not a religion. So uh, somebody who's just born again is just starting that relationship. So we should see uh, some outward signs of that, right, in a change of behavior. And that's where we're supposed to disciple. Mm-hmm. That would be an outward sign, right? Yeah. The, those of us who are understanding, you know, the, the breadth of what the Bible talks about, absolutely, I totally agree with you. You know, it, Jesus himself said, if we could boil down this whole book, Mm-hmm. and get it right it's love god with all your heart mind soul and strength love your neighbor as you love yourself that's the whole that's everything right but we keep messing that up yeah the bible helps us understand how to do it and it's a it's a it's the church being called to do those things like you're saying uh you know in old testament new testament wherever you are it's the believers are called to uh, clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit the widower, go to the prisoner, mm-hmm. all those things. That's the church to do that. The church is also called to glorify God in all that we can do. So in all that we do, right, yeah. to to win people for Christ. See, and this is why I say it's a post-Christian society, because prior, like if we go back to one of the first acts of the U.S. Congress in the Northwest Ordinance and, and dealing with uh, the Western territories, they in, believed that it is important to, as we set up those territories, that the Bible is something that is really important for the moral upbringing and education of, of the future generations. They actually took taxpayer dollars, issued Bibles to the Western territories. Can you imagine if taxpayer dollars today were used to do that? I'm, I'm saying all this to get to this. As a Christian nation, where we are want people to not just win the world and lose their soul, Right? right, and that's the problem I think I see within our society today is that the answer to the people are seeing in our culture 
is the solutions are little g government instead of big g god and that's the fault of the church that's the fault of us as individuals christians i mean the problem is i see it like when government i would love if government like if we have a revival and an awakening where again chief justice supreme court to the little municipal court uh from uh the oval office to uh the kitchen on main street uh you know from wall street to hollywood if Christian believers were sitting in all those seats of, of power and influence, as well as all the way down, you know, to the grassroots, uh, there's not going to be anybody even blink at the idea of, hey, let's um, use these taxpayer dollars to help the poor, help, you know, the homeless, help, because we're also going to bring the gospel. Right. And that's the, the, that the problem is, um, as I see it, why I say we're post-Christian, because prior to that, the gospel was allowed to be presented along with taxpayer dollars. Right. Um, I, I, I think I, where we certainly agree is that we are post-Christian. I think that that is true and clear. Uh, I wonder, and as you said, uh, you know, we don't want to just gain the world but lose our soul. Right. I wonder... If that is what happened to American Christianity, that as we came, we gained the wor- the new world, but we have lost our soul. Yeah. And even as, as you talk about the Western territories um, and manifest destiny, that a lot of that was genocidal in, uh, like, we, there were people here, like, yeah. that we, in a lot of uh, places killed them away yeah and um or took them in and they're the boarding schools uh, where yeah. the idea was to uh to save the man you have to kill the savage and so kind of right. take the culture away from them right yeah um and well can i address that sure so yeah we have to be careful with the terms of like genocide and um although again that's being redefined um and ethnic cleansing kind of thing Ethnic cleansing might be might be a better term. I guess depends on you know. As I grew up and was going through school, uh, genocide is a is a uh, state sponsored uh, state policy. So just by evidence of what you're saying, and and the thing is with again in American history, we have a patchwork quilt of human rights abuses, human rights victories. Victories, yeah. yeah let's call it that. Human rights victories and human rights atrocities. Mm-hmm. We have this patchwork quilt. And like the boarding schools, if there was a genocide policy such as Nazi Germany, uh, those boarding schools would never have come about. Was it right? Did they do it right? No. Manifest destiny. Was it, if if it was a real thing by God, and I believe it, I believe God wanted us, wanted Christianity to spread across this nation, um, was it done right? No, and that and that's why I asked you that question earlier. Are there things in the past? And I think that's one of the things innovation that you brought up. As Christians, we all always should be looking inwardly at the at the failures we made as individuals. So when you have millions of Christians, and we do that as a nation, we have that that I'm going to call it Christian innovation, uh, because I would like to see us growing more like Christ. And that should always be, everything should be done in the name of Christ as a Christian. 
So, um, you know, and that brings us back to, and a lot of times we're our own worst enemies. Yeah. 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 So I think my, my struggle with this idea of a Christian nation is certainly in part to some of the maybe highlighting the atrocities over the victories, mm. um, which might be a me problem, not an actual problem, uh, a perspective it's a for problem. Christ problem. I think it, it, yeah. we should weep. Yeah. We should be broken hearted. Yeah. over those those things yeah. um but uh, another problem is going back to that idea of gaining the world but losing your soul that we and I, i'm i don't mean to conflate you with some of the, the atrocities that happen yeah, or yeah. that that you would head down that path or whatever but as you talk about you know wanting to see people uh, who are followers of christ in positions of power and influence mm. and for that to uh, be spread out in all of those areas there's part of me that is like yes obviously of course <laughs> but then there's part of me too that it's like if that's the goal then by what means do yeah. we because it's a what a great goal right and you can you can see how beautiful that would be and so they're almost there's a, a temptation and i think as americans and as christians we have fallen into this temptation absolutely of by any means necessary and mm -hmm. so it is God's destiny for us to have Christianity infiltrate what is now the United States of America. If that means we have to kill the savages, then we're going to kill the savages because this is God's plan, right? And so as we talk about a Christian nation, we were one or we want to be one again. That's my concern is that opens the door for by any means yeah. necessary. But, yeah, I don't think that necessarily happened. I mean, after uh, the French and Indian War, um, those lands were, um, through treaty and through war, you know, the Native Americans on both sides fighting, um, it's looked on by the, uh, by the early Americans and Europeans that that's land that belongs to England now, all the way to the Mississippi. Once the revolution ends and we start expanding as a nation west... Now you have a completely different way of dealing with Native Americans west of the Mississippi. You start getting um, treaties, and here's a, here's a problem, and it's fourfold problem. You have the U.S. government. You have out in the plains, you have lots of different Indian nations, plains nations, who um, aren't all united, and they have peace chiefs. Those are negotiating peace with the U.S. government. Then you have a history, several hundred years, of pioneers going west and just taking lands, individual right. citizens, not the government, right? Individuals just going west. And you have Native Americans who say, um, we're not going along with what the peace chiefs came. We're war chiefs. We're going to be um, hostile. This is our land. And so then you have this um, mosh pit of a mixture out on the plains of... Uh, pioneer citizens, mom and pa, going out there thinking, oh, they made a treaty, it's fine, we can go settle. And then the hostiles coming in and raiding. You have pioneers going into Indian territories that were agreed upon and saying, well, that's good land, they're not using it because they used it differently. And now we, the, those settlers go up there, they get killed because they are looked down as invaders. So the U.S. government now goes to defend their citizens, right? So you have a Plains Indian War breakout. Um, so you have this, this um, 
yeah, I, I think a mosh pit is a yeah. is a good thing. So it's so then what ends up happening is the U.S. government does have a policy to um, capture, push back to the reservation, or exterminate those hostiles, but not all Native Americans. Yeah, um, which I, and some of what Manifest Destiny uh, built upon or pulled from is like the Canaan conquest that a lot yes. of times that was used to justify what was happening that there was yeah. a, a a transference right uh, uh, between the two and i guess you do see even in uh the canaan conquest opportunity for surrender or for peace that is made oftentimes that is then rejected mm-hmm. and then war well and of course but, when you look in the old testament you have God himself saying, look, you know, go wipe out all those people. And that's not being said or right, done. Right. And that, again, Christianity as a, as a religion, <laughs> so individual, you know, as opposed to, I think, other religions, that you have people as individuals in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Bible or in the name of God misinterpreting and applying things incorrectly. Yeah. Um, and picking and choosing little things, you know, yeah. and and uh, then the whole, the whole religion gets tarnished by right. it. Yeah, and I think that is a an American Christian, Could I, be. I, and I some of that I know it's an American Christian thing. It may also be a global Christian yeah. thing. The individual nature of it. Are you familiar with the doctrine of discovery? Yes. I guess I will suggest it to you, and I won't rehash the arguments made. I had a, um, a gentleman, Mark Charles, on the mm-hmm. podcast a little while ago who is uh, half Navajo, half yeah. Dutch. His, I, I actually listened, oh, you listened to a little to bit. That, of, yeah, so, not all of it. Yeah. Uh, and he actually has a book coming out uh, in November of this year um, that I'll link to in the show notes because I'm forgetting the exact name of it. But he talks about the doctrine of discovery mm-hmm. and he does talk about some of the systemic, maybe not genocidal like uh, Nazi mm-hmm. Germany, but he talks a lot about Abraham Lincoln uh, yeah. as being a covertly, at least in our memory, a white supremacist genocidal president because of the way, mm-hmm. his interactions with uh, the Native Americans um, and so people can go and listen yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to that side. They can read his book when it comes Again, out I would Again, I would pose that that was dealing with the hostiles who were attacking the building of the Transcontinental Railroad. Right. You know, um, it's that whole, again, peace chief, war chief, mm-hmm. hostile, you know, do we have that land? Do we not have that land kind of mosh right. pit? Right. So we've, we've talked a lot about the history of the United States, and I think we probably could keep going. Mm. Uh, there's a long history. Uh our nation was founded on biblical, a lot of biblical principles. Um, in the founding fathers, you have a lot of Christians. You have um, some who deists. <laughs> deists. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> I'm curious. As we go forward, we are in a. We both have a heart to see people come to Christ. Yeah. Uh, for institutions to treat people as Christ would treat people. Are you hopeful of that? Or, and what, if yes, what makes you hopeful? What, what is the way forward? Well, I can only, if I would go crazy, if I didn't have Jesus, if I didn't have Christ, because he is my hope and, and that's driven me to prayer. And that's uh, my, my, 
um, and you know any, anybody who's listening to this is going to you know say here he goes again. But my my life verse, I, I mentioned it earlier, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now, on one hand, that can be applied to the individual because that's salvation right there. But a nation as well, I have that hope. I also have the hope, of course, you know, we're in the end times. Jesus, you know, that's throughout the, we've been in the end times since the ascension, (laughs) right? So Jesus is coming again. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, um, you know, and, and all those things. But for this country, again, we go back to the idea of representative democracy. Um, and uh, my ultimate thing is not government. And again, I have this, if you want to call it baggage, maybe, of a love for America and the history, you know, when I was growing up. When I was growing up, believe it or not, the number one kind of show, Westerns, just saturated yeah, television yeah. and World War II. Mm. And um, so looking as a kid growing up and you're watching Combat and you're watching Bonanza and you're watching <laughs> The Rifleman yeah. and all these uh, Wild Wild West was one of my favorites. That's like James Bond in yeah, the Wild yeah. West. They're always talking about US, US Ulysses S. Grant. You're hearing Abraham Lincoln. You're hearing Crazy Horse. You're hearing uh, Sitting Bull. And uh, you're learning just by entertainment. Right, and so I have this love for American history, uh, and so I have to fight idolizing that, making it an mm. idol. Yeah, yeah. And but I do believe. So my my heart is people need Jesus. That's number one. Now, if if I push that aside and say, all right, well, we're secularized, we're post-Christian. What's best for America? I believe there needs to be a balance in these things, you know, between conservative and, you know, whether it's Republican, Democrat, right. or whatever, you know, there needs to be some kind of balance. And I, and I do, I believe that really the, 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 the way we're wired by God is works good for us, you know, that there needs to be um, accountability and responsibility and all those kinds of things, be good stewards. So that's always the difficult thing is finding that balance within our institutions as America. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm really answering your question. My hope <laughs> is my hope is Jesus Christ. My yeah, hope yeah. is revival and awakening. Until that happens, I have to, as a citizen, uh, live and and try to promote what I think is really going to be best for people. Yeah, you know, I, I as I think about the future and and my hope, my hope is actually that so. I'll link to this book. Um, you gave me one, so maybe I'll give it to you if you <laughs> yeah. want. Uh, but it's called Jesus Untangled. So it's called Jesus Untangled, Crucifying Our Politics to Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb. And that's kind of that's kind of my hope, is that... And I, I know that I will be pegged as a liberal uh, or a progressive <laughs> when, when I say this. But I think in more recent history we have with reagan the rise of the religious right Mm -hmm. and christianity has been closely tied to the pro-life movement and to the republican party and i want to abandon that and not for i think we see a progressive christianity i used finger quotes there uh (laughs) air quotes (laughs) uh rising up a lot of young people who Uh are just they're just switching to the Democrats and saying this is the true party of Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go there. Right. I think that would be an overcorrection. I think we need to untangle our Jesus from our politics, red or blue. That we need to 
take a step back and see that I, in my view, whenever Christianity has been married to power, it has corrupted. Power wins every time. Uh, I think it was Kierkegaard who said that when Christianity gets power, it ceases to be Christ-like. And that seems true to me through world history and through American history. And so I don't know that uh, my hope is that we would stop seeking power. Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North. Yeah. Uh, in, in his book, he talks a lot about this, the leader epidemic that we want to build up leaders. We want to build up leaders. We want to build up leaders. But what did Jesus actually come and do? He said the greatest will be the servant. The least, yeah. The greatest will be the least. That uh, if you want to follow me, deny yourself and pick up your cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he washes his disciples' feet, he says, now go and wash one another's feet. That the Son of Man came to serve. And so we don't need more leaders. We don't need more political clout or political power. We need to serve right. the world. And I that's my hope, is that the church would... The church institutionally and the church as made up of individuals, that our heart would be that, not what can we do to influence law through power, through voting. Though Those things are important. I think mm-hmm. we can take steps in that direction, but our ultimate goal should be how can I love my neighbor? How can I serve best here in America? So, there it is. If you want to continue this conversation, feel free to do that by commenting on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, or becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thinkingoutloudpod, where we can interact and conversate about these different topics that we're talking about on the show. If this episode or any of the episodes have had some sort of value to you, then I just ask that you consider becoming a patron for any amount monthly. As little as $3 a month will get you early access to the episodes that we are posting. It will also give you access to full-length interviews that I'm having with my guests, as well as some other perks, but you can check all of that out at patreon.com thinkingoutloudpod. Thank you again to Brian Saunders for coming on, for being willing to chat with us and put his views out there for us to think about and to digest. You can also continue this conversation or thinking in this way by checking out the links in the show notes or going back and listening to Mark Charles's interview, which was episode 13, A White Supremacist History of America. Thank you to Anchor.fm for sponsoring this show. Thank you to Lowercase People for the intro music and to Ministry Crate for the logo. And until next time.
since I'm much more in that size and bountiful and plentiful and resource to provide them. Supply slim, morale one so heavily inside them, not steadily declining. Return is not an option as necessity denies them. With this they choose to dive in, not along the shore and so aware of their arriving. Now the children of this land prepared to share and they're surviving. A pageantry of feather stands his majesty with treasure. Not the material things of kings that can never last forever, but secrets of the spirit world and how to live in harmony together. Unbeknownst to him, his head would be the first that they would sever. And stuck upon a pike along the beach, kept us a warning to the rest to turn away from their beliefs. And so began it here, and for 500 years, torture, terror, fear, till they nearly disappeared. This white house, house. 